Hey, ghostly pals. We're here and we're ready to read some scary, spooky ghost stories because this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Yeah. And I'm Sabrina and I look like Jon Snow. You do. And you're also sitting in darkness. I am. Because looking at a computer screen gives me a headache. Yeah. And also you're queen of... Quink. Fuck. Never mind. You're a quink. Quink. Quink of the north of the wall. The queen of the north. Ugh, I want to be Arya so bad. She's so badass. You know what? I still have not gone past season five. But you're making an effort to. No. My oh, parents I thought you canceled were. HBO and I was hacking into their account. You can hack into mine. Okay. I will. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I've just... Dropped off on all HBO <laughs> accounts. I was waiting for one moment where I just had a ton of time. I was going to do the 30-day free trial, mm. get through Game of Thrones, also get through Big Little Lies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's a new show on HBO called Euphoria, and it is so good. It's- oh, I've heard about it because they have a scene with a bunch of weenies. Oh, yeah. Lots of dicks. It was all over social media, and it was like, there's been more penises mm-hmm. than ever before. People think people are getting like weirded out by it because it's, I mean, they're all over 18 actors, but it's about high school students, like in a lot of sex and drugs, oh. kind of uncomfortable topics, but they're that's probably why I like it. seem it. like it happens much more than it. Yeah, it definitely, it's a little bit fantastical in that, in that sense, but I think it's so raw and honest and it's about a woman who has clear mental illnesses and she just copes with them with drugs and she narrates it and it, it's honest, which I think is like very special oh all right well when you give me your hbo (laughs) email and password i'll watch aka my mom's and she's probably listening to this being like excuse me excuse me okay well okay but we're here for ghost stories before we go into our episodes we want to say a special thank you to our patreon donors this episode is sponsored by our phantoms so we want to say extra special thank you to everyone who supported us this month we have analia desiree bailey parker sherry leslie mary nicole zoe ridiculous podcast carrie jim annie and theodore stephanie melanie Tara, Sim, Samantha, Jocelyn, Pretty Outdoorsy, None of This Is Real Podcast, Deirdre, Damini, Carrie, Rebe, Chloe, Katie, A Paranormal Chicks, Claire, Tomb Juice, Vanessa, Des, Benjamin, Sabrina, Natasha, Carling, Courtney, Daniel, Carly, Audrey, Kendall, Vic, Marky Dezoinks, Maddie, Dill, The Tater, Carrie, Robin, Foxglove Farm, Licia, Marina, Ivy, Sally, Dane, Friday, Jacob, Daniela, Isadora, Alexandra, Kristen, Backroad Diaries, Courtney, Shannon, Jasmine, Caroline, Christy, Laura, and Paige. Thank you guys so much. We've said it a million times, but your donations to Patreon helps us keep on going. It helps keep the podcast free and helps us do live shows, helps us do merch, helps helps us get editing, helps us do everything. So thank you. Thank you for your support. It helps keep our spooky hearts bloody with black. <laughs> a blood pumping. Bloody pumping. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Spooky stories. Yes. I can start us off. I have an, a, I almost said an episode. I have an email <laughs> called Super Haunted House from Kim. Okay. Good evening. I lived in a super haunted house. I've tried to condense what's happened as much as possible 
there were just so many things that we put off as nonsense until we finally concluded that our home was indeed haunted. (laughs) And I hope you enjoy. I am excited. I lived in a haunted house for about three years. My husband, three kids, and I moved into a Tudor-styled home in Wasilla, Alaska in 2010. The home had been built in the early 80s and had just gone through a renovation prior to us renting. The first incidents started shortly after we moved in. The office door kept slamming at night. The layout of the house has an office, kitchen, living room, game room, and my art studio downstairs with all of the bedrooms, a laundry room, and library upstairs. I would hear the office door slam shut at night from my bedroom upstairs, and I chalked it up to it being a draft from the furnace turning on or something, and I didn't pay much attention to it. Our home alarm system would go off at night every couple months or so when we were all sleeping. Nothing was ever triggered, so we decided it must be old wiring. Hmm. Things really started getting bad in October of 2011. I was painting a lot, so I would often stay up late working in my studio downstairs. On a few occasions, the office door slammed shut. This was just about 15 feet from my studio, and there was no draft or anything that could have caused it to slam. I started making sure that the office door was kept shut. And one night after I finished painting, I was heading upstairs when the office door slammed again. The door had been securely shut just minutes before. This is when I started getting spooked. A few nights later, I was painting in my studio. It was between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. in the morning. And while painting, I suddenly felt an extreme chill. I walked out of the studio and saw the front door wide open. What? The door had been padlocked shut earlier and the house alarm set. The house alarm didn't go off when the door opened all on its own. I figured maybe my husband hadn't set the alarm and I shut the door and opened it again and the alarm went off. What? Over the next couple of weeks, we started having problems with our electronics. The TV in my room would turn on all by itself around 3 a.m. with blaring white noise and screen. At first, my husband and I decided it must be power outages or something that was triggering it to turn on. Power outages are common in Alaska, so it seemed reasonable. Until we were watching the TV during a power outage and the TV turned off, and then it came back on about 15 minutes later with our cable provider logo on the screen, not white noise and screen. Hmm. Downstairs in the kitchen, we had an alarm clock slash radio that kept going off at 3 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) I tried multiple times to get it to stop. I made sure the alarm wasn't set, and it wasn't, and it still went off at 3 a.m. The following night, I changed the time of the clock by setting it behind a few hours so that the 3 a.m. alarm that kept going off would go off at like 8 a.m. in real time. This didn't stop it. It still went off at 3 a.m. real time, which showed as 11 p.m. on the display since I'd changed the time. This really spooked me, and I unplugged the alarm slash radio, and I made sure it didn't have any batteries. And it still went off at 3 a.m. By this time, I was getting really spooked. My son, who was three at the time, started waking up quite regularly with night terrors. We would hear him screaming in his room and rush to see what was wrong. It usually took a minute or so to get him to wake up out of his terror. Once we would get him awake and calm, he would never tell us what was wrong or why he was screaming. He just didn't know. The final incident happened one very normal morning. I was walking down the stairs and saw one of my twin three-year-olds hiding under the paisley blanket in the downstairs game room. They liked playing hide-and-seek with me in the morning. So I walked by, pretending not to see whatever twin was hiding under the blanket, 
and I got my cup of coffee and then I started saying, where are you? I'm gonna find you as I walked back towards the kid under the blanket. My child and the blanket was nowhere to be found. It seemed odd, but maybe they tiptoed somewhere and I just didn't hear them. And I searched the whole downstairs. No one was there but me. This was really strange, and I decided to check upstairs. Unlikely they would be there, since it was impossible to walk up the stairs without them creaking and me hearing it. But I went upstairs to check anyways. My husband and all three of my kids were sound asleep. It was only then that I realized that the kid hiding was under a paisley blanket. I didn't own a blanket that looked like that. Oh. I immediately got chills when I realized that what I had seen had not been one of our own children, but a ghost. Mm-hmm. We moved out of that home a few months later. My son's night terrors stopped as soon as we moved into the new home. I didn't have any issues with the alarm or radio going off in the new place either. Hope you enjoyed my story. I was a bit of a paranormal skeptic prior to living in that house, and now I get it. (laughs) Thank you for your amazing podcast and providing a safe and spooky place to share stories. See you on the other side, Kim. Wow. Okay, well, it sounds like there's like a kid ghost in that house. And I wonder, you know, we talked about like in one of the episodes about how clocks go off at a certain time like related to the time of death of someone in that home like i wonder if that's connected but the 3 a.m it's like i know but out of all the times people could die at 3 a.m corinne they're allowed to die at 3 a.m you're allowed but it's just yeah it's just the fact that 3 a.m is the moment that the spirit world and our world are supposed to be most aligned it's just interesting that that is the exact time no matter what the clock says But you're right. It very much could be related to that. Yeah. It's also, I mean, as much as it sounds like a little playful child ghost, it does kind of creep me out a little bit. What if it's, I kind of picture from, um, oh my God, what is the movie? Insidious. You know, the little like demonic creature with his hat and Mm -hmm. his like black and white and he's really small. Yeah. And he has his hands and he's dancing. Like that's. That's a child-sized ghost that is a very demonic. Right, right. But I feel like most of the instances that were happening were small little, like, nuisances. Like, activity that I feel like would be caused by a spirit that doesn't quite know how to control its energy yet. Yeah, that's true. And I wonder if the the door that was slamming maybe was the child's room hmm. previously. Right. Or, I mean, I wonder if it's also a mix of, like – things that happened that night and I, I don't know like the yeah because their son was having night terrors yeah so it makes me think something bad or something really scary was happening too true all right what do you have for us um i have a email titled just a couple terrifying and emotional stories she says hey ladies my name is heather and my friends call me hey hey yes like the chicken from moana but my nickname <laughs> came about way before the movie Anyway, I have a couple of stories I want to share with you guys. I couldn't just pick one, and so I'll let you guys pick which you like best, which is all of them. So this one is by far the worst one in my opinion. This was just a few years ago when I was probably 18 or 19, and my brother and I had coincidentally purchased each other an Amplified Bible for Christmas that year. I'm not hugely religious, but he wanted me to try and read the Bible, and I was like, well, it won't kill me, so why not give it a shot? Big mistake. So one night, I get the Bible out and read a decent number of pages before bed. I go to sleep, and then in the middle of the night, I shoot up and out of bed, terrified. I hadn't been dreaming that I can remember. 
However, I had the worst feeling that I've ever felt to this day. It was a million terrible emotions all at the same time, and I felt like there was a presence or someone in the room with me, and I was paralyzed with fear. I frantically scan around my room with my eyes semi-adjusted to darkness, and then I see a figure in the darkness, which I know is insane because it was pitch black, but it was like whatever or whoever this was was darker than the darkness of the room. He stood as tall as my closet door. I have no clue the height of that door, but it's a regular sized doorway, so maybe seven feet? Not sure. Anywho, he had on huge boots with some kind of robe that opened in the front. He was super muscular with huge arms and legs, and he was built like a tank. So of course, I'm ready to shit a brick house. (laughs) Part of me is already freaked out because I felt like I couldn't breathe or move my eyes away while I was frantically searching for my phone by running my hands across the bed until I found it, so I could turn on a light. And the other part of me is saying, calm down. Obviously, if he wanted to hurt you, he would have done it already when you were completely vulnerable and asleep. So I get my phone light and shine it over to the side of the room and nothing's there. I leave the light on for a few minutes and calm down. I'll turn the light off and try to go back to sleep. But I kept having the feeling of dread and like someone was there with me. I had to turn the light back on and leave it on for the rest of the night. I only got a couple of hours of sleep that night because I was so dang terrified that whatever that was would come back. Since then, I have not had this happen again, but I also haven't opened the Bible again for fear that it is connected. It was literally the worst experience of my life, and I would prefer to never feel that way again. On to story number two, which I think is slightly less scary, but still creepy. So I'm not sure if you guys know about Chickamauga, Georgia, but it's a small town in Georgia, and it's known as the location of one of the bloodiest battles during the Civil War. There is now a national park that spans thousands of acres of the town, and as you can imagine, there are tons and tons of ghost stories. Well, my cousin Anna and I had turned 16 and had gotten our licenses pretty close to the same time because she was just a week older than me. The fun thing to do, she says fun in quotes, was to drive up and down all the roads in the battlefield because we didn't have anything better to do. LOL. So, one day during the summer, I had one of our cousins, Rachel, who's only a year younger than us, in my Jeep with me, and Anna had a couple of her good friends in her car with her, and we were cruising through the battlefield. We decided it would be real fun for someone to drive off and go hide and drive around on the other side of the battlefield while the other tried to find them. So Rachel and I come across the side of the road that that we have never in our lives seen open. Usually there was a gate that remained locked. So my dumbass was like, hey, maybe we should go see what's down there. Mistake. So we start down this gravel path that is wide enough for like one vehicle. Mind you, camping or anything like that in the park is illegal without some kind of special permission for like Boy Scouts or something along those lines. Also, side note, there are all these kind of old tales and rumors that there are witches and people who do rituals out there still to this day, along with your typical lady in white that is seen walking through the battlegrounds. Anywho, so we start seeing people through the thick trees, and they're all wearing white robes with hoods on. And Rachel and I start to panic. And then we see that there is another small gravel drive to the right, and as we approach it, we notice that there are tons of people up the small road standing around what looked to be a fire. It had been on and off raining out that day, and it was real gross and muddy. And mind you, this is also the middle of the day. Both of us had really bad feelings about whatever was going on there. And at this point, we were trying to call Anna, who wasn't answering because she thinks we're trying to cheat in the hide-and-seek game. So Rachel absolutely could not get her on the other end of the phone. We reached what was the end of the gravel road, which was apparently a dead end. And at this point, we were both ready to ship bricks because... We now have to go back by these people to leave. I whip the Jeep around as quick as possible and start heading out while I try to call Anna. Finally, she answers. She realizes I am frantic, which is out of character for me because I'm typically laid back and don't get easily spooked. 
So they decided to stay on the phone line while we exited. And while now we're driving out and that little road where all the people were up around a fire now had a boy at the end of it, like feet away from where we had to drive. He was also wearing the white hooded robe and he had his face covered with his hands. My cousin starts screaming at me to go faster. So I sped through the trail until we reached the end where the open gate we came through was now closed. I began crying my eyes out and I throw my phone at my cousin and told her if something happens to me to jump into the driver's seat and leave my ass there. So she agreed and I got out, sprinted to this gate and the entire time I feel like someone was just going to come out and grab me and carry me away. I lift this heavy ass gate that definitely could not have closed itself up and out of the hole it was kicked in It was in and kick it across the path and sprinted back to the Jeep to hop in and throw it into drive and fly out of there. We then met up with Anna and I cried in her car telling everyone about what we had seen and about the bad feelings we got while out there. Well, Anna was so curious as to what or who we saw that she wanted to go down there. She begged for a while, but we were all so shaken up about it that it was not about to happen. However, the next day we all calmed down and she had talked us into walking down the trail since the gate was locked. We walked down to where we had seen the people and absolutely nobody or nothing was there. To this day, we have no idea exactly what we saw, but we still get the creeps reflecting back on that day. I want them to call. I want them to call and see, like, what happens on this road? Why is it ever opened? Has it ever been opened? Have you seen this? Or is the park in on something? Like, is there like a group of people that go and do stuff? Like, it sounds kind of culty in a way. It's also midday. I know. On to a much lighter and less creepy story. So I'm only on episode 35, but I haven't heard you guys talk about empaths at all. And I'm very open-minded to lots of things. And I wholeheartedly believe that empaths do exist because I have been told lots of times that I myself am one. I am very sensitive to others' feelings and typically can feel the things others are feeling along with many other things that I won't go into detail about. I also know when bad things are typically going to happen. I think maybe Corinne mentioned having the same gift or curse depending on how you view it. So I'm not very sure where to start the story because you need a little bit of backstory. My great-grandmother kind of had a falling out with my family when I was very young. I was probably in elementary school. She stirred up some drama, which ultimately led to everyone in our family never going to visit. Time went on and I was in high school and I had this dream of her where I went to her house, which I still recognize, but there was furniture that I had never seen there. And in the dream, my mom and I just sat down and talked to her. And at first, I didn't realize it was her until I heard her voice. She had a strong accent because she was born and raised in England. And in the dream, my mom was there and a man who I didn't recognize at all. When I woke up, I had a feeling of dread and regret. I informed my mom of the dream and told her I felt like we needed to go over to see her. My mom told me she would take me if that's what I really wanted. A week went by and I didn't push my mom to hurry and take me, but I continued having this bad feeling. And then I had the exact same dream again, verbatim to the last one. So I told my mom I needed her to take me and that it is meant for us to go. We also invited my grandmother because it was her mother we were going to visit. She declined by saying, I ain't lost a damn thing over there. So my mom and I went alone. We came in the front door and I immediately saw the furniture from my dreams, set up the exact way it was in the dream. It was not set up that way when I was a child. I also noticed that she looked the exact same she had in my dream. She had aged a lot since I had seen her last. After reminding her of who we were because we didn't see her in lots of years, we sat down. The man who I hadn't recognized was my great-grandmother's friend who was around a lot when I was a kid, but he had gained a lot of weight, which is why I didn't recognize him in the dream, because he did not look how I remembered. We sat there talking, and there were a lot of things said that felt like deja vu because a lot of the words were verbatim to my dream. I do not remember the conversations anymore, but I remember sitting there trying to remain calm while my brain was exploding because my mind was so blown over the amount of accuracy the dream had. 
When we left and got into the car, I unloaded all this info on my mom. I told her everything and she got goosebumps and told me that she can't believe it and her mind was also blown. A week later, my great-grandmother was hospitalized and unconscious and not expected to make it through the night. So my mom, my grandmother, and I went to say goodbye, and you could just see the regret in my grandmother's eyes that she hadn't gone with us the week prior. My great-grandmother passed away that night. We attended the funeral in the next couple of days, and on the way home, my mom burst into tears, thanking me for making her go see my great-grandmother before she passed away because she at least felt like she got to make amends and say goodbye, and it made her feel better. All I can remember is trying to process everything that had happened in those short weeks because I had tons and tons of small things where I have known what would happen or just had some kind of intuition, but never anything like this. This hit home on a whole new level and it had me shook. I've had dreams here and there have been similar since then, but nothing that meaningful. I hope you enjoyed my story. See you on the other side. Hey, hey. Woo. Those, that's some powerful, you know what? That's just an example of listening to your gut and knowing to follow your intuition i know i also almost wonder if her great-grandmother was giving like putting out some type of message to the universe that she needed to see her family before she passed on the idea of like i'm nearing death because she got the dream twice hey hey did it was like the first time it came and they didn't go see her and she got it again and it forced her to go see her great-grandmother Right. And then like or if there was some days sort of spiritual later. intervention where right. after the first dream, they're like, okay, I need to give this chick the same dream again right. exactly so that she knows it's time to go. But you always hear those stories of people being like, they waited until they could see say goodbye to someone, you know? Right. But also, what the heck is happening in that park? I know. I'm like literally scrolling up on the email because it's so scary. Okay. It's in Georgia. Chickam- Chickamauga, Georgia. Mm-hmm. We got to look it up. We've got to look this up. I'm so curious, especially now that like Reddit is a thing and mm-hmm. all of these blogs. I'm curious to see if anyone else has had any similar experiences. And what freaking, what did they come across? It's so creepy to think that they just passed by this group of people and that the people didn't, that there wasn't any real interaction and that it looked creepy enough that it wasn't. I have no idea. You pass groups of people all the time and you don't, you're not like, oh, they're creepy. What are they doing? Also, you pass groups of people, yeah, but they're not all wearing like white robes that are like covering their faces and they're not all standing around a big fire in like a weird closed off part of the park. Yeah. Also, okay, because so much happened. Like she has had many experiences, but the whole uh, Bible thing and the dark entity it's so cute. We've always heard stories where when people are exploring faith, like darker entities will come scare you away from it. Yeah. I think if you're interested in religion, keep going. Screw the yeah. dark entities. They can't. Right. They got nothing on you. My gosh. And Hey Hey's had so many experiences too. It's like. I know. But I understand maybe a, like a little bit of fear of putting yourself in the place of all of this, especially if you do feel like you might be more empathic. Right. Totally. It makes it a little bit harder. Scary. Man, oh man. What you got next? This is called BEK, Demon BFF. I don't know. What? Or I don't like IDK. either of those. <laughs> this is from Jenna. Hi, ladies. I've been listening to your podcast since last November, and I'm completely obsessed. Sabrina, what are you doing? You look so creepy. <laughs> I realized that I was stretching, but I do look a little... You're hunched down in the darkness and just looking up. So that it's like so much white of your eyes. Hello. <laughs> You're climbing on your furniture. Okay. All right. 
I've loved spooky things my entire life, so it's no wonder I got hooked so quickly. My favorite episodes are always the encounters, and every time I used to listen to them, I would always want to send you guys a story of my own. The only problem was, I didn't have any. Until a couple months ago, at least. Ooh. I'm 21 years old and a student at WVU. My two roommates and I live in a cute little basement apartment of a house. It is really nice, and you can't even tell it's a basement. I swear! (laughs) Our collective BFF, Bailey, lives in an apartment a few miles off campus, so she's at our house constantly. She always comes and hangs out between her classes and even has a spare key to let herself in when we aren't home. Sometimes when she walks in, if none of us are in the living room, she'll speak loudly in a scared tone saying, Hello? Is anyone there? (laughs) And someone will normally come out. Well, one morning, I had to be at work at 6.30. I had an alarm set for 5.45, but for some reason, I woke up a few minutes before 5.30. Ugh. Uh, That is the worst thing in the world. (laughs) I know. You're like, I I could have had the extra 15 minutes. 15 minutes. minutes. (laughs) So I laid there, still super tired, but knowing I couldn't let myself go back to sleep. And then I heard the front door open. We have an alarm system that beeps when the door or window is open, and we always have it armed at night, but sometimes we won't if one of us will be out late. And I assumed it was just Bailey coming in to hang out before her 8 a.m. She did her usual greeting, huh, hello, is anyone there? And I thought, it's not even six yet. Why would you come this early? And why is she yelling when she knows we're all sleeping? And just then I hear her right outside my bedroom. All you have to do is open the door. What? Y'all, it was this super calm yet creepy as fuck voice. Yeah, nope. But it was hers. I pulled my blanket over my head and I shut my eyes and immediately started praying. I thought my heart was going to fall out of my chest with how fast it was beating. I've had my fair share of nightmares in my life and they are nothing compared to this experience. (laughs) I don't think anyone could convince me it was just in my head. And I asked her the next day when I saw her if she'd been in our house at the time, and she told me no. And I shared with her and my two roommates what had happened, and their jaws were literally on the floor. I thought about sending this story to you guys a few times before, but I never got the chance. And I just finished watching They Come Knocking on Hulu tonight. And the way they were saying, let us in, gave me the worst deja vu. Oh my gosh. I'm not sure what that thing was in my house, considering I only heard it and didn't see it, thank God, but I will leave that up to you two experts to decide. So moral of the story here is be careful what you wish for. As much as I love your podcast, I hope and pray I never have any other <laughs> spooky reason to feel the need to email you guys again. Oh my see gosh. you on the other, hopefully brighter side, Jenna. Oh my gosh. I love this. It is so freaking scary. That's... Yeah, who is that? And it's clearly like an ent- – I feel like it has to be an entity that's been lingering for a long time to like know that that's what Bailey To does. mimic. Yeah. To have that voice mm-hmm. and mimic exactly what Bailey would say when she would enter. But then the quick succession of like the door opening and the hello. Ugh. And then to be right outside the door and be like, all you have to do is open the door. I hate it. That is creepy. So creepy. That is so creepy. But it does – I mean – because part of me, it's like, oh, it kind of does sound almost like a BEK, but it's not, it wouldn't, maybe it's a doppelganger. Oh, why did you, why didn't we think of that earlier? I don't know. We're ridiculous. What's We're wrong not with experts. 
Yeah, because as much as BEKs are really scary, you are supposed to have to let them in. And the it's front a child. Door. It's yeah. not a mimicked voice. No, oh, it's totally a doppelganger. It's a doppelganger. 100%. Oh, my God. Bailey has a doppelganger. What is it trying to do? That's my Don't question. Don't open the door. But, like, how come uh, – what if you don't – you can't tell the difference? Had she come – and had she come at, like, seven – which is a more normal time, you wouldn't have been able to tell. Yeah, you might have just waltzed right out and then been like, huh, something looks hey, a little Bailey. off. Are you okay, Bailey? You look a little sick today. And then she smacks you across the face because you're never supposed to say that to someone because it makes them, if they're not sick, it's so mean. <laughs> I do wonder, though, how long Jenna waited underneath her because she was supposed to wake up only 15 minutes later. Yeah, I don't know. Do you just wait wait there for 15 minutes and then you're like, whoop guess i'll risk my life to go to work i mean yeah i guess so things you slaves do work. to the workplace yeah okay i have one more okay this is from maggie and it's called satan grabbed my sister's leg <laughs> hey corinne and sabrina i'm a new listener and honestly listened to 26 episodes in the first week of listening wow I'm currently not in school and have a lot of free time to just listen. I've loved anything to do with the paranormal since I was young, binging any ghost show I could find or doing my own research on areas around me, so I was excited when my friend showed me your podcast. I've had a few paranormal experiences, but after listening to your episode on the Cecil Hotel, I thought I'd share my own California hotel story. In advance, I'd like to apologize for my grammar. I have never been good at it. Oh, whatever. You know what? The best emails, I think, are the ones... Where people write and you can totally hear their voice. Like, just write right. how you talk. I'm horrible at grammar and I'm a writer. So, like, we're, we're, we good. Pish posh. Okay. About a month ago, my family took a trip to California to visit my cousins. We're from Eastern PA, so the time change landing was a little rough. We landed at about 10 p.m. Pacific time, but really 1 a.m. our normal time. By the time we got to our hotel room for the night, it was already 3 a.m. Eastern, and we all had a very long day of travel with our four-hour layover and long, harsh connecting flight. We were staying at the Red Roof Inn in San Francisco airport area just for the night before we headed up the coast the next day. So we got to our hotel room and dropped our bags before heading down to the 24-hour diner below the hotel. And as soon as I walked into this room, I got bad spirit vibes, specifically from a green chair next to one of the beds. I immediately claimed the bed furthest away from the chair, but little did I know that that was the exact right thing to do. After grabbing a quick meal at the diner, my sister and I said goodnight to our parents and headed to our room. As we were getting ready for bed, we tried to plug in our phones to charge them, but none of the outlets were, which should have been our first sign considering demons like to drain all energy sources. Progressively, as the night went on, I felt more and more uneasy and tried to quickly fall asleep before anything could happen. I had been asleep for about an hour when all of a sudden my sister shot up in bed, shook her leg, and started frantically looking around. I'm a light sleeper, and this woke me up and freaked me out. My sister has a tendency to sleep talk, so I figured it was that, but then I turned on the light and asked her if she was okay, and she looked me dead in the eyes and said nervously, something just grabbed my leg. Oh. My sister is 23 years old and isn't scared of much and knows I scare easily, but I could instantly tell she was not trying to scare me because she was scared for herself. For the rest of the night, we decided to sleep, in quotes, with the light on, though I do not think I successfully ever fell back to sleep after that. All I could hear was banging coming from our bathroom that could have just been piping, but I still got an eerie feeling from the noises. But somehow I managed and it was finally morning. The next part I'm going to tell you is what has me convinced that we were not alone in the hotel room that night. 
As we were driving up the coast the next morning, my sister and I were telling our parents what had happened the night before. I had some strange dreams that night, but I figured it was my overactive imagination and how scared I was. But I still decided to share. The whole night after my sister's leg was being grabbed, every time I closed my eyes, I saw demons flying around a pile of shard rubble. No matter how hard I tried, I could not shake the images and I could not stop them from coming back if I opened and closed my eyes. After I shared this with my family, my sister turned to me and in a serious tone said, I had the same dream. Demons flying around and a giant black beast chasing after me. She said no matter how hard she tried, she couldn't change it and couldn't get it out of her mind. At this point, we dropped the subject entirely because we were all way too freaked out to continue. We were supposed to stay in that same hotel before our red-eye flight home, but after experiencing what we did, my sister and I begged to get a different hotel, and thank God we did. I have a few other stories of my own, but those are for another time. Thanks so much for your amazing podcast. See you on the other side, Maggie. This is kind of messed up to say, but so in her dream, in Maggie's dream, there were demons flying around this charred rubble. And then in her sister's dream, there were demons flying around, presumably her, as she was being chased. Do you think her, do you think Maggie was dreaming of like the death of her sister by these demons? Oh, no, I don't like that. Oh, my God. Oh, (laughs) my God. I didn't go there, but it did. I thought you were going to say the death of that beast. No. I'd rather the death of the beast because Maggie's (laughs) sister was going to beat the beast. Yeah, okay, well, that's a much better family-friendly version <laughs> of what happened. Oh, something grabbed her leg. I need to turn my light back on. I know, it's really scary that you're just sitting in the okay, darkness. I'm turning what if something on. appears? What if some flying demons are? Ah! I'm just kidding. Ah! <laughs> we good. No, I can see now. Oh, it's scary. Hotels freak me out because you never know what's happening or what's happened there. Right. And even if it like seems like luxury and nice, there could still be ghosts. There could still be bad things that have happened there. And you and oftentimes when you leave your room, you're alone in the hall either the whole time or a lot of the time. Because mm-hmm. it's not like people are constantly milling about the hallways. So right. there's a lot of alone time in hotels. Scary. Very scary. I want to know what hotel it is. She just she said Red Roof Inn by the by the uh, airport. Oh, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Wait, isn't that a chain? There are multiple. I well, I guess so. most hotels are probably chains. I don't know. I'm I come from the land of small little inns and bed and breakfasts. Yeah, no, I think it's a chain. Um, okay, well, if you want to scare us and uh give us a sufficient spook, send us your ghost stories. They don't have to be scary. We like sad we like heartwarming. We like them all. Send them to our email at which is two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. You can also support us through buying merchandise or through joining our Patreon. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. Please do that. That would be very nice. Uh, and and you we're going to tell everyone, everyone in your life, scream it from the rooftops, open up your apartment or home uh, window right now and just scream out two girls, one ghost. <laughs> Just no that. context. No Say context. podcast. Add podcast at the end. Podcast. And we will see you, see you on the other <laughs> side. I don't know what that was. Very spooky.